This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Burt Show. Kristen sent me a tweet this morning that made me laugh. I don't even know what the subject was, but you were saying, like, we should ask this question at some point on the show. But the tweet was, met some people who worked at an escape room, and their most hated customer was a guy was a guy who would take all his dates there and pretend he was a genius. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this fool every day there went to the es- exact same escape room, was able to get out in record time, and these women are like, oh, my God. Wow. You are so smart. I like your big old brains. Let's go home and do it. That's funny. All right, we know for sure that is shady or not, but when it comes to our producer, Katie here, friend met married man at a bar. Didn't realize he was married at the time, though. Does she still go in or not? The situation itself is really odd. Um, And so a friend of mine, she went out to a bar, and she was just having a good time, and she was at she was actually about to get a drink, right? So as she's at a drink at the bar, this guy approaches her and he offers to buy her a drink. And so she sees him. She thinks he's handsome, nice, tall, cool. But then she notices that he's wearing a wedding ring. Mm. And so she's not going to approach him. She's like, okay, never mind. Mm, this is not going anywhere, but I'll still take the drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to offer the drink, cool. So then get drinks and now they're sparking up conversation and he's asking her why is she out and she's like I'm just looking for a good time and she's like what are you doing out you know like where's wifey type of thing and he's like I'm actually going through the middle of a divorce right now it's just a, it's just a hard time on me just gonna keep this ring on until it's actually like over is that what he's saying but- basically like okay. red flag number one you're saying that you're going through a divorce and you're having your marriage is on the rocks but you're still wearing your wedding ring. Drink. Maybe he still loves yeah. her. Drink wasn't so free after all. Sound huh? <laughs> <laughs> therapy. <laughs> I uh, no. I was gonna say that I think through as soon as we got separated, I took my, my ring off and uh, my ex took her ring off. So I would think that the same that he would. Especially would've... if you're going out and buying yeah. drinks for other I people. Mean, once if you're, you're at that places, stage, yeah. yeah. If you're mm-hmm. at that stage, then it it. I don't begrudge anybody who is like in the beginning of divorce and it takes a little while to take that ring off because that's. I mean, it's it's difficult and it's painful and there's a lot of emotion behind that. I'm guessing it slipped right off of Stacy's finger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking she didn't think twice about that. <laughs> but after he breaks down this story about how his marriage is on the rock, she's thinking, all right, I need to escape, get out of this. You know, thank you for the. Journey. Drink, have a great night. He's like, I hope to see you, you know, around later on tonight. And this is a big bar. It's like a two-story bar. It's huge. And so she's like, all right, cool. She goes on, do her, does her thing, has a great time, goes back to the bar, round two, right? Guess who's at the bar again? The same guy. 
And then he's like, oh, still got a ring on? Yep, still has a ring on. <laughs> checking. But now he thinks, and like, oh, I bumped into you twice the, this night, and this is a huge bar. What are the chances? Let me get you another round. <laughs> Can you hit pause real quick? Abby, you're at a bar. <clears throat> Man comes up, wants to buy you a drink, and he's got a wedding ring on, and he's married. Mm-hmm. Are you cool with a married man buying you a drink? It depends. Like, is he like my dad's age or is he around my age? He's around your age. I'm feeling very uncomfortable about it. Because if I see, if it's like an older man, maybe he's just like, he's got money to kill. I'm going to take it. But if it's a guy my age, mm, I'll still take it though. (laughs) (laughs) And my friend was thinking the same thing. She's like, oh, he's buying the second round? I'll still take the drink. But he, big dummy, (laughs) he takes this as a chance to try to woo her. Right? So now he's trying to make a move and now he's flirting with her and he asked her for her number. Right. And she's wasn't uncom- she was uncomfortable with that. So she didn't give him her number um, and turned him down gently. And he was like, all right, well, I still hope you enjoy your night. Mm-hmm. Right. After second round, he disappears. She goes on partying. And then as she's about to leave the bar, she sees him at a table, like wherever he was sitting. Like she came down to the second floor. She's at the top floor. She came down and she sees him and he's with the woman. And this woman is also wearing a wedding ring. Mm -hmm. And she suspects that that woman is his wife because they're looking very intimate. And there's two people wearing a wedding ring. Mm -hmm. So she's under the impression that his wife was in the bar the whole time. They were looking for a third. Oh. Oh. Uh, Well, would you? You wouldn't wouldn't say I'm going through a divorce, though, if you were looking for a third. Mm -hmm. You would just, I think, you would make that move. I agree. Huh. Yeah. What's the question here? Is it shady or not? This is odd and suspicious, right? Very suspicious. But you're not, maybe that's just a woman in the bar with a ring. It's not necessarily his wife. It's just a married woman in the bar. Not if they were looking cozy. They were looking. Okay, here's the thing. Maybe he thought this was going to be somebody's kink. So he's going to go up to this girl, have this sob story, be like, oh, me and my wife, our marriage is on the rocks, but only you can save it. Tonight, you, me, my wife, the bedroom. Save our marriage. Maybe. And then when she turned him down, he was like, okay, I'm just going to go on about my business. Or maybe they have an open marriage and they were both there and she, ooh, ooh, I got a story in my head. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) So they're at the bar. They're there together. They have an open marriage and um, they have such an open marriage that the other person has to give the approval of who they can sleep with. So they were scoping out the bar and he's like, what about her? And she's like, that's fine. So he was able to approach your friend and make a move and he's doing the same thing for her because she wants Mm -hmm. to sleep with another dude and they're like in cahoots together and they're just approving who each other is choosing to sleep with that night. Wow, we came to that conclusion, huh? (laughs) What, What if this is just the couple's thing? Like, she likes to watch him come on to other women. <gasps> Role play? Right? But then oh. why have the divorce story? That's where I'm That's still... part of their... role play. About. Yeah, it's part of their that's whole thing. Of... She's mm-hmm. just sitting there at the end of the bar going, oh, God, that's so hot. Yeah. I, 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 I like that story, too. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Yeah, either way, your friend needs a run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way too much of a house. Agree. The Burt Show. All right, so this isn't a second date update where we usually take your call where you're like, I can't figure out what happened. We had this great first date. Everything was fine. Uh, he said he was going to text me or whatever, and then he just ghosts me, and I can't figure out why. So, Bertshaw, will you call him and see if you can get some honesty out of him? Uh, Natasha is not here for that because she went out with this dude like four different times, and now he's just bailed and can't figure out why. Hey, Natasha. Hey, guys. All right, so tell us about this dude. Tell us about this di- or these four dates, I guess I should say. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, well, um, we met 
on Tinder and um, like I thought things were going really well. Like I was definitely starting to catch some feelings. Um, and like basically after each date, you know, I'd text him, say thanks for the date, let him know I had a really good time. And he would always text back like pretty quickly and say that he did too. And then ask me out again. And then we were going out again. And so I expected the same thing. We went again out last week. I text him like usual. And then this time he just sends like a super short text back that says he like quote, doesn't think we're a good fit and he wishes me well. Ew, you never want to hear that. I wish well, you well. Um, I know. It's like a business transaction. Right? Like, good luck on your future endeavors. I wish you well. Especially yeah. after four dates. But I, I, here here we go again having the same conversation over and over again. The dude didn't ghost you. No, he didn't. He didn't ghost you. He Pray told you. It. I mean, yeah, it, it might not have been so smooth and it might have hurt on what he said, but he clearly is saying that I don't think we are a good match. So what's the question here? Why are we not a good well, match? He didn't say why. Thank you. Like, he didn't say why. Like, what? what is that? We've been out four times. So, like, we've hung out. We've gotten to know each other. Like, it's not just, like, a one-night thing. And, like, we were in a little groove. And what happened? <laughs> okay, I'm going to stick up for both men and women here for just one second. We have to have ourselves an informal agreement that if we're going to be honest with you enough, because ghosting is so easy and so many people are doing it. And I've said time and time again. It's just, there. there's no need for it. All you got to do is send a one-liner, right? But it's still uncomfortable because you don't want to be disliked. You don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But can we just agree to this, that no matter what they say, okay, he's saying to you, it's not going to work. Okay, so you know where his head is at. Can we just agree if he doesn't ghost you, you don't go in for follow-up questions? Because that will lead to ghosting. I'm not going to lie. No. For some reason, after the first two dates, I wouldn't care if this was the response. But if it was four dates in and this happened. Something mm-hmm. happened. I would want to have it. I would want answers. Yeah? I would. Yeah. Like, something happened. Must have. So, like, I'm kind of like, no, what? So, what will it help? And, we'll, and we've done this for you already. We've already reached out to the dude. But I'm just talking about more of a broad debate here. So, <clears throat> what difference is it going to make anyway? So he's going to say, you know what? Okay. You had a booger in your nose the entire time. I just can't get past it. So Now what, you know. It's what, a peace of mind thing. It's a peace of mind. So think he's like, probably going to lie yeah. anyway. Well, whatever. Well, then why would we even do any of this? Exactly. <laughs> 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 so like a first date, if they they can send that text, like, I'm just like, there wasn't any zazazoo. I just wasn't feeling it. There's just, I'm not attracted to you. I find you repulsive. Whatever. Like, they just, they're they're not into it. And then even after this second date, because you're putting your best face forward on your first date, even after a second date, like Mo said, like, you know, I'm just, you know, I, you're... You're just not the right one for me. I totally get that. Even four dates, like, over the course of a month? No, but, like, by third, like, because normally it's, like... I think it's very instinctual. Either you know, like Abby, uh, who is in these mean dating streets, you know on that first date whether or not this has any potential or has any legs, right? So, I, yeah, I will say there is a tone shift between the first three dates and then the next three dates. I feel like the first three dates are still you kind of testing the waters, mm-hmm. kind of feeling it. And I do kind of feel like anything after date three is like maybe something serious happened. But I will say I do got to commend this guy for 
at least being honest, maybe he was really trying to give it a shot and it took him four dates to kind of feel like, mm-hmm. you know what, maybe nothing really is just going to come from this. May, I, you know, I felt like the vibe would pick up, but it's just not going to. Maybe it was just the last draw for him. No, you don't agree with that. Like four dates is too many. So at what point is it just like, you don't, uh, you don't need any a- a- answers? Uh, it's not about that fourth date for me. Like, uh, the first two dates completely feel like a filling out process. And you may go on a second date because you're unsure. Like, the first, you just you just don't have the answers yet. So maybe the second one, I'll get my answers. The third date feels like you're starting to turn a corner for me. So I feel like by the time we get to a fourth date, I think it's pretty clear to say that we're going somewhere. So if that if that was the date where someone was just like, nah, not anymore, I probably would be left one to know why. So I've reached out to him. His name is Ben, and their last date happened at a restaurant. And the reason that he broke things off revolves around their date at the restaurant. It wasn't across the board, the four dates, anything that happened. It's this one particular date, something that happened, turned him off. That's a good tease, producer. That's a real good tease. Well done. All right, when we come back here, uh, Natasha, Tommy will tell you exactly what he said, uh, what happened at that dinner, that he's just like, you know what, this isn't going to work, okay? Uh, okay. (laughs) Remember, you called us. We didn't call you. She's like, yeah, it's a good tease for you, not for me. (laughs) Next on The Bird Show. The Bird Show. I just want to say that I think The Bird Show today is doing a tremendous disservice uh, to those that haven't been ghosting, as I I just want it to be known. I think we are setting this whole ghosting thing back. Said that I hate it, hate it, hate it. It's so simple to send one line to somebody so you don't leave them hanging. And now that we're doing that, Natasha Natasha here got went out on a date with a dude four different times. He basically said that, not feeling it. Um, have a nice life. And now she's making us go back to this guy and question him why, which is a sure way to make guys ghost the next person because they don't want to go through this crap. And you're not wrong. Natasha, what exactly did he text? He said he doesn't think we're a good fit and he, quote, wishes me well. All right, here's what I'm taking from that. He doesn't think you guys are a good fit. And he's wishing you well. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm, if I'm reading between the lines. Yeah, but she wants to know why. I know, I know. Why, yes. Okay. All right, you want And do you think he really wishes her well? <laughs> oh, can we text him and ask? <laughs> <laughs> Did you cover that with him, Tommy? <laughs> Did I cover what? Does he really wish her well? Or was he? Yeah, okay? he wishes her well. Yeah, I'm sure no. he does. But maybe he doesn't really mean it. He's a big fat liar anyway. So yeah. You're It's good you're not with him. (laughs) All right, Natasha. So um, Tommy hit this dude up. His name's Ben and asked him for real honesty because you wanted it, right, on why there won't be any fifth date. So take it from here, Tommy. Yep. I texted Ben. He texted me back and made things very clear. And before the break, I said, your last date happened at a restaurant. Something happened at that restaurant date that, uh, you know, definitely ended things for him. Um, I want you guys, Bert... Kristen, Abby, and Mo, I want you to guess what you think happened to where he was automatically turned off. Mm. Uh, rude to the server. Oh, got nice. you drunk. Uh, I was going to say rude to the server as well. Maybe she has bad eating habits. Like maybe she chews with her mouth open. That'd be enough for me to be turned off. Didn't offer to pay anything. Oh, and he's like, you know what? 
I would prefer a 50-50 thing. Um, it was none of those. None of those. Hmm. None of those. Or see, instead of being rude with the server, maybe she was overly flirtatious with the server. <gasps> oh, nope. Scandalous. Rude to other people in the restaurant. Mm. Okay. Oh, okay. Let, let's go. Here's what the text says. We were at the restaurant, and there was this family with a toddler and a tiny baby. You could tell the parents were super frazzled. Yes, the toddler's behavior was super distracting, but I felt really bad for the parents. What threw me off was how Natasha reacted. She made sure everyone knew she was disgusted and was really vocal about the whole thing, saying stuff about the restaurant not being the place for kids and hinting that the toddler should have been in bed. I was shocked that she'd act that way and show zero sympathy. I think the table next to us was more shocked by Natasha than the crying kid. So, yeah, that definitely ended things for me. But I wish her well. (laughs) But I wish her the best. He didn't say that at the end. Natasha? That was it. Is that an accurate description of what happened at the date? I mean, I don't know about the other table thinking I was the problem, but everything he said about the kids, like... Yeah, that we went to a really nice restaurant. Like, kids should not have been there, especially if they didn't know how to behave. Oh, like, hold, hold on, pause for a second. Cassie, we could hear your eye roll. I literally saw your eyes just pop out of your head. We're not allowed to go out in public anymore, Cassie. No, no. Once you have children, you're not allowed to go to nice restaurants. You're not you allowed to go, go to public. Have, oh, thank you for the permission. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say this. My my theories, I'll take my kids places, but if they start crying and I can't calm them down within like 20 seconds, I pick the kid up and I walk out mm-hmm. because I am very mm-hmm. cognizant of not ruining the dining experience for somebody else. Okay. But we're allowed to be there and I'm allowed to have, if my kid's running around, it's one thing, but if they're sitting down, it's a different thing. I'm not entirely against what Natasha is saying and I have kids okay. and I but going to like a five star restaurant and bringing your three or four year old seems like a waste of money they don't want to be there uh, yeah, I, I'm not entirely against the idea at these five stars but but she says it's a nice restaurant and I'm, I'm trying not to get amped up so I've taken Jimmy out and we've gone to restaurants together. We've gone to white tablecloth restaurants together. And I have a system, like as soon as you sit down, you order immediately. So you get food in front of their face. When you order the food and the food comes out to the table, you immediately get the check. The check comes and you pay. That way, as soon as you're done eating, you can bounce because you got like a 45 minutes, right? Like basically of time that you got here. So maybe, let, let's, let's just play devil's advocate here for the parents that had the kids. Maybe it was their anniversary. And okay. their babysitter canceled on them, and so they had, and they wanted to celebrate each other. So they had to show up to the restaurant with the kid and the infant in tow. It wasn't their plan, but you know, s happens. So that's what they did. Have a romantic dinner at Chick Fil A, <laughs> and so they show up. <laughs> they've they've had this reservation booked for months, and they've been looking forward to it. And the kids aren't on their best behavior, and it is distracting for the other tables around them. It's one thing to be annoyed. I get it. Mm-hmm. You also right. are a paying mm-hmm. customer, and you want to have a nice time, you want to enjoy your wine and food and peace, and you don't want to be disturbed, I get that. It's one thing to be annoyed. It's another thing to go out of your way to make those parents and belittle those parents and make them feel so small and try to um, um, guilt them for even coming out with their children and to make them feel bad when 
honestly, they're probably just trying to do the best they can. I don't blame you for being peeved. I blame you for trying to make somebody else feel bad. Ooh, she got good points there, Ooh. Natasha. Ooh. Kristen's got real good and points. And I think that's what he had an issue with. I wasn't saying it to the parents. Like, they couldn't hear me, but I just think, like, they should figure it out. Like, there's white tablecloths, not a ball pit. All right, look, either way, so now you know. You asked him for honesty, right? He gave you honesty. Your interpretation of what was going on in that restaurant is very different than his. You guys have different values on this. So you asked for honesty, and now you got it. So... There you have it. And he wishes her well. And he wishes you well. Yes. So there you go. I don't think he meant it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Natasha. Well, I wish him well, too. Yeah, you no, liar. Yeah. <laughs> the Burt Show. I heard it as it was rolling in. Chugga, 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 chugga. Choo, choo. I heard it. It was the karma train. Oh. Yep. Did it hit you square in the head? Hit me right in the head. All right. And it has everything to do with you. So Kristen has told us that these Instagram videos and these YouTube videos pressuring parents to be present. Mm-hmm. Got to spend more time in the moment with your kids. You're only little for four years, people. You only got 18 summers with them. <laughs> you only got four days with them before they grow up. Someday they won't be your favorite person. Wow, they ain't going to like you. And Kristen's take on this always has been, it's just too much damn pressure. Like, you're doing the best you can. Exactly. The mom guilt is so real already. And you really are trying to be present you, you understand the days are long, the years are short, it goes by fast, you have to embrace every moment, but parenting's hard, kids are hard, and you also, you know, one side is telling you, it'd be there, be present, enjoy every mon- moment, and the other side's telling you, take time for yourself, otherwise, <laughs> you know, if you don't fill your own cup, you can't fill other people's cup, and so you just get torn in these different directions, and it's exhausting. Well, Karma threw a cup right at the side of my head the other oh, day. Oh, nice. So I have asked you guys, knowing that Kristen gets annoyed by these, I've asked you guys, look, if you see them online, please send them to me on Instagram or wherever, right? And you have been. And I come in here and I surprise Kristen with them just to annoy her. <sighs> so my kid is about to turn 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And we have reached, I am now embracing the thought and embracing the fact that he just doesn't want to hang out as much anymore. Oh, <laughs> it sucks, man. Oh. It sucks. Well, because I asked you, I hadn't <laughs> um, heard any updates on Hollis lately. And you've shared some stuff about Hayden, shared some stuff on social about Eliza. So I was just like, hey, how's Hollis doing? So I've got my, I've got Hollis, you know, like 50% of the time. And now that he's, he's a very social kid and he's really into athletics uh, and my 50%, I just feel like over the course of the last like six months has been cut down to really about 10% because the time that he is actually in my house, now he is, you know, he's doing his, he's doing sports. He's got himself a girl that he's all into. Mm. He's a very social kid. So hanging out with his friends is like really important to him also. And all, I just feel like I'm just holding on as tightly as I can to any time. And I could just feel sort of him getting annoyed that dad is making him spend time together. 
The only thing I'm taking away from this conversation is make sure Jimmy is not popular, so he wants to stay home as much as possible. <laughs> there you go. So I'll share a text exchange with you guys. It's just to my line and then Hollis's line. Because he came over on, he didn't come over Sunday night because he was working. He usually, I have him Sundays and Mondays and every other week. And then other weeks I have him Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So on those short weekends, if he's doing anything on Sunday, that's like half of my time, right? So he's supposed to get over at four o'clock on Sundays. Now he's got a job because he knows he has to pay for his car, gas for his car, a car that I got him, right? So one of the few dates that he can work at the restaurant that he really wants to work at was from four to nine on Sundays, which is now my time. Okay. So he's working until nine. So I don't make him drive all the way up to my house when his mother lives right across the street. I'm already going to be in bed. What a hassle to have him come on up. So my time is cut right Mm -hmm. there. So then Monday he comes over and he goes to school. He goes to school and then he comes home and he didn't even get home to like 4.30 or 5. And now there's just so much more homework. He's taking AP classes now also. He's doing sports. So he comes into my house, goes downstairs, starts writing a paper and working on all of his stuff until like, I don't know, like 9 o'clock at night. Usually he would come over and we'd at least, we'd spend some time watching Ted Lasso or something, right? Those days are gone. So I felt the shift. So I hit him with this text the other day. Just trying to keep the lines of communication open, right? <laughs> Yo, real quick. You and I have anything you'd like to discuss with me this weekend? We good? You seem a little distant. Not sure if you've just entered the I'd rather do anything than hang with my parents phase of being a teen. And I wrote, which is fine and understandable. Or if there is some tension I don't know about, we cool. So he writes me back and says, not anything really. I'm just focused on homework and want to hang out with my friends and have fun, and I'm not going through that phase or anything. I've just been really busy. Mm. He said he wants to have fun, and apparently he can't do that with you. Definitely going through that phase. Oh, <laughs> that's how I read it. Yep. As much as I'm joking about it, it's 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 the fight. It, it hurts, man. When you get to this age. God, and all you really do, and, and I've cursed myself sending all these videos to Kristen knowing yep. that all I need to do is focus, <laughs> and, and now we're there, man, and it's just not as important, and I, you know, I'm struggling now with, I don't want to be pushy parent where yep. you have resentful kid that's like, oh God, I got to hang with the family, but also it's important, so I also want to make sure that we are spending time with each other without me totally annoying him that he has to spend time with his family. Well, there is one big takeaway that we can learn from this, and it's those videos are wrong. You don't have 18 summers. You have like 15 if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, and when he wrote that text, too, I could just like, all of these moments in his life are just flashing in front of my mind, sc- the screen in my mind of like holding him and going to soccer matches and hanging out and doing stupid stuff, and it's gone, gone, <laughs> gone. <laughs> I'd say I'm sorry, but I'd be lying. Kristen wins again. <laughs> <laughs> The Burt Show. Have you ever gone out with a group of friends to a restaurant? You guys are all eating a big old meal together. It's happened to us all, right? Once the bill comes, start to think, start to panic maybe a little bit in your head. Well, did I eat more? Did I drink more than that other person? Are we splitting this thing equally? Even though I saw everybody eating way more food than I did, drinking more than I did, and that little 
algorithm starts to go off in your head like, should we all be split in this, right? And it never works out in your favor, and you're always pissed. That's where Kaylee, our producer, is right now, because he paid, he might have overpaid for a dinner. Oh, no, there's no maybe to that. I definitely <laughs> overpaid for a dinner. So um, we were invited out to a very nice restaurant, which I hadn't been there before. Have you guys been to Nobu? Ooh. Oh, just the name itself. Everybody knows the well, name. So, yeah, they yeah. have multiple locations yeah, across yeah, yeah. the globe, mm-hmm. I feel like. I've been to the one in New York, and I've been to the one in L.A. Yeah, nice. we, we mm-hmm. ate with Luke Bryan there. We did. Listen, and I did. <laughs> Don't let the truth get in the way of me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and these particular friends, one of them is very flashy. He's got a lot of money. He likes to spend it. And I'll be honest, when we're invited out, I figured he was probably going to pay for it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because, uh, yeah, and I'm like, oh, babe, you want to go? She's like, uh, all right, you want to spend Spend that money? I said, we're probably not going to have to spend anything. <laughs> Order it, whatever you want. <laughs> because that's how it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I was expecting it, but I was expecting okay. it. Right? So we go out. Dinner is amazing. It's awesome. And, you know, the bill racks up real quick. So I'm calculating in my head as I'm ordering stuff. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got 300 in this meal. So for Oof. those that don't know about Nobu, it's like a celebrity hotspot mm-hmm. in big cities. Um, we just had one open up here and it's like a, a sushi restaurant and it's it's pricey. It's and it's it's a vibe. It it's is an a vibe. experience, right? And you're saying your portion alone was three hundred dollars? Well, I mean, I ordered. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably part to blame. Because back in your mind, oh, you're like, he's gonna. Let's have the wagyu beef. It's yeah. like ninety eight dollars. <laughs> Thinking your buddy's gonna foot the bill. Yeah, because that's. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Okay. And my wife actually gives me crap all the time because she says, as soon as I find out someone else is paying. Yeah. I'm like, surfing turf, please. <laughs> <laughs> that friend, okay. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I did that. I ordered, huh? yeah, and that was like 98 bucks, and my, you know, my wife's ordering, you know, her food and drinks. I mean, just a normal drink, what I, like an old-fashioned's like $22. Damn. Wow. It's ridiculous. So, in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I have to pay for this, I'm probably looking at about 300 which is still more than I really wanted to spend. That's a lot. But, you know, it's a night out. We don't normally do it. We don't normally drop 300 on our meal. Especially when somebody else is going to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, I'm thinking, you know, dessert comes, and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to wrap this up. And uh, my buddy's like, hey, let's let's start tasting some wine. <laughs> and I'm like, well, first off, I don't drink wine. I hate the taste of wine. I don't care about wine. I'm not going to drink any. You know, I'll order. An, and my wife's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, because when my wife starts, sometimes she doesn't want the party to end. Mm-hmm. She'll keep going. And so one bottle turns into two bottles. And I'm not even paying attention to some of these names. Ben 475 Bonzeroo Gruyere. That's the name of the wine? Yeah. For $380. <gasps> they ordered a $380 bottle Ooh. of wine. <laughs> well, it's Burgundy France 20. I have no yeah, idea sure. what this guy. And of course, the guy that comes over is like. Oh, the sommelier? Know, uh, yeah, whatever the hell that is. Sommelier, yes. It's the wine connoisseur who knows guy. everything about wines he and can, pairing wines. He can taste oh. the year if he just yeah. rolls it around all the time. There are legit sommelier. competitions where they'll have like four glasses of unmarked white wine and they'll taste it and they'll be like, New Zealand. 
1978. <laughs> Sauvignon like can name everything and like down to the exact vineyard just by tasting it. Damn. How palate is advanced. How much did that second bottle? How much that set you guys back? The second one? Uh-huh. 365. <gasps> so now you're two bottles in it, or you're about 700, 800. And then he decided to, to, I don't know, he was wasted at this point. He's like, yeah, bring me eight years in the desert. That was only 185. I mean, only. Well, at least he's going in the right direction because the drunker you get, the, the, the less amount you're able to taste. <laughs> right. So now you're, you're as far as wine goes now, it sounds like you guys are close to like seven, $800. Well, yeah, I mean, for us, yeah. I mean, they, you know, uh, and well, but I'm like, oh, well, fine. Y'all are drinking. Damn. I mean, and I don't get drunk. So, like, I'm got to drive home. I didn't Uber there. So I had already pretty much stopped. And I'm just sitting back. I'm like waiting on that bill because I'm like hoping he's going to go, oh, over here. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. so the the waiter comes over and he's like, how would you like the bill? And he's like, you can split it. Yes. I mean, the look on my face. Like, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> you mean like evenly? <laughs> <laughs> Like like 80-20? <laughs> now, knowing you, you you don't have a problem coming on air and, and speaking your mind, right? Yeah. So you're there at dinner with multiple people. He says that you're going to split it, knowing you have not had one sip hmm. of wine. <laughs> you did not have any of this wine that's tallying, tallying, tallying almost like $900, right? Correct. On top of my yes. right. Wagyu beef and everything else. <laughs> well, the, you paying for your Wagyu beef, like, I can't feel bad for you there because no. you were trying to milk yeah. off this dude. Yeah. Right. Well, wasn't but once he started ordering the wine and you don't drink wine, but your wife does, though. So there's a little bit of a but, going but, on. And I'm looking at her now and I'm like... What'd she do? <laughs> but even but even if she even if she didn't drink, what was I supposed to say? Like, uh no. You're so I'm not gonna split nine hundred dollars of wine if I did not have a sip of wine. I don't think that's fair because I'm not in the same tax bracket mm-hmm. as you. Well, old Thirsty over here sure helped herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you kinda stuck once your wife starts drinking it. Yeah. You you have to. It's this is on her, not you. Yeah. And so <laughs> when I got my portion of the bill with tip on Six hundred dollars. Some people don't spend six hundred dollars on groceries for the month, man. Right. I don't know what my face looked like. I mean, it was the slowest reach for my wallet. It's a car payment. It's rent. It's not to mention I had a babysitter. I had to go back and pay for it too, which gives you just even more insult. And then valet, and I'm like calculating every. Anyway, got you, man. Yeah, you kind of had this one coming. When's the next time y'all are going out? Never. Get it. The Bird Show. All right, let's stick with finances here because I can't think of the a more lame excuse to suggest bringing in a third person into your relationship because it would be good for finances. That's what he's trying to sell. Hey, Bird Show. My husband and I are in our 30s, have been married for 10 years, together almost 15, and we have kids that are all school-aged. My husband works his ass off to provide for us while running a logistics business. Meanwhile, I manage a couple side hustles, attempt to care for the house, care for and taxi our kids. One of the kids has a chronic lifelong illness, and that at times may require my full attention for several hours out of a day. It can be very stressful, as well as mentally and physically draining at times. With that being said, it's hard for me to go back to work or to obtain a regular job in order to help out. My husband also says he likes me being home, caring for the kids, handling doctor therapy appointments, and having the benefit of me being able to run and do things. Our marriage has been pretty good up until about the time COVID hit. 
We ran into financial issues that stem from shutdowns and have been struggling ever since to gain traction and get back on our feet. Fauci's fault. (laughs) All of this combined has caused a lot of stress and tension in our house. We both still very much love each other, but him working all the time and still struggling financially has taken a toll on us. We know we would be in a much happier place if he didn't have to work so much and didn't have to worry if we will have enough to pay the bills. Now, this is where my unique situation comes into play. My husband recently came to me with the idea of adding someone to our relationship. Hmm, It better be an accountant. (laughs) (laughs) He said it would lessen the stress and burden on him if there was someone else to be able to help financially, as well as be there for me mentally, as well as helping, um, as well as a helping hand with the kids and around the house and to help grow the side hustles. Side note, I have struggled with making friends, so having a live-in-like best friend, in a sense, would be great. However, when having this conversation, my first thought was, you've been so against having a second wife for so long because I'm headache enough. (laughs) Then it went straight to, you just want another woman for the bedroom, with or without me. I told him I'm not sure I can handle seeing him with another woman or even talking romantically. His response was, no. This is for you. Dude, come on, man. (laughs) This is focused on you. What did you do? The woman showed, uh, the woman would primarily be for you. I want her to be into you. I was confused. I've never shown or expressed interest in a woman, so I'm not sure where he's getting that from. He swears he knows deep down I'd enjoy it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know you would. Don't lie to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) This man is trying it. I, however, don't feel that way. As the uh, conversation continued off and on over a couple days, he kept stressing to me, the main reason for wanting another partner is to lessen the financial blow and to be there for me. As he knows, I've been struggling and overwhelmed lately, and he can't always be there for me and the kids because he's always working. So naturally, I threw out, why can't it be another man instead of a woman? There. He laughed. (laughs) and said two D's in this house would not work. I am an alpha male and two alphas can't live in the same house, let alone share one woman. You you married this dude. (laughs) This is a wolf pack. Come on, bro. I came up with the idea of a strictly platonic partner. And then he says that wouldn't work. Long story short, he wants the bonus of possible bedroom fun, fun, but that's on the bottom of the wants oh, out of this yeah, relationship. Yeah, of course, yeah. I believe him. I really do. He even said he isn't even sure if he would be okay seeing me with someone else in that way. In the end, I think we have to come to an agreement. In the end, I think we have come to an agreement of looking for a woman our age or slightly older starting out as a strictly platonic starting out as strictly platonic with the open-mindedness of it possibly going further far far in the future after a full commitment to each other what's everyone's thoughts on this is there anyone else who's been in this situation what would be the chances of ever finding a woman that would be open happy and comfortable with a relationship like this if we do decide to move forward with this, where would we even start trying to find such a unique and special individual to meet the criteria and don't have a lot of time at the moment for all three of us to be able to get together, not mention, not to mention without kids. Thanks for your help. Your confused, lost, and stressed long-distance podcast listener. Okay, let me again say this. When you guys send us Ooh. emails, I am assuming that you want 100% truth, okay? So here's the truth. This guy's playing you so badly. What a BSer, man. And you are buying this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Under no circumstances. He is pl- he is trying to play you. It's foolish. 
I think the most concerning part of this email <clears throat> is the part where she says, I believe him. I really do. <laughs> like, there's Come there's on. no way you believe this. I mean, my man is going for it. I see it clearly. He wants a third wife, and he's trying to make it seem like he doesn't. <laughs> when there's issues in a relationship, adding another person I don't think is going to give you the solution you think it does. Whether it's but it's for a, her. Whether it's a child, you think, well, everything sucks. We'll just have a baby. That'll make everything better. Or <laughs> everything sucks. Let's just add a third partner, but it can't be a man because I'm an alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't see this working the way you think it will. He has gaslit her so mm-hmm. hard to where she really, it sounds like in this email she's trying to convince herself. She's like, I believe him. I really do. Maybe. Girl, you got to get out. Yeah. You, you got to dump this alpha male. <laughs> He's trying to play you a fool. Do oh not let God. that happen. Get it. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Why is Scooter Braun partying with so many A-list clients? People are freaking out over this story. I think a lot of his bad press started a lot when Taylor Swift came out and basically like gagged at the sound of his name on national television. Someone was like, so what's your deal with Scooter Braun? And Taylor was like, yeah, bought her masters. There's some kind of beef there that we don't know about. So then when all of a sudden all these other celebrity, celebrity clients started dropping him, people were like, what's the tea? What's the drama? What's going on here? Well, a rep says that there's actually no drama. So reportedly, he's already uh, parted ways with Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, Adina Menzel, Jay Balvin, and maybe, maybe Justin Bieber. But according to NBC reporter Chloe Mellis, she says that a source told NBC that Scooter is taking a step back to focus on his role of C- as CEO of a South Korean entertainment company. According to the Today Show website, his company, Ithaca Holdings, merged with Hive America. This is formerly known as Big Hit Entertainment, which is the label behind K-pop phenomenon BTS. See, my, so when all this headline started breaking of like, you know, he wasn't with Demi Lovato anymore. He's not, you know, Ariana Grande has parted ways. And, um... I was like, well, maybe he just doesn't want to manage people anymore. However, if that's the case and they still had solid relationships with Scooter, why wouldn't Demi and Ariana and Idina Menzel be like, oh, yeah, he's just it, we're not dropping him. We're it's just a mutual parting of the ways. Yeah, I don't know, because yesterday I read that they're still under his label, whatever it's called, SB, whatever it is, Scooter Braun Productions or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what to believe. I, I've known Scooter for a very, very long time. It's been a while since I talked to him. But this dude is, um, I, I know Taylor Swift fans are going to hate to hear this, but the Taylor, the uh, Scooter Braun that I know do, handles his business pretty cleanly, really cleanly. So... None of this is really making any sense to me mm-hmm. um, just yet. I, I, the only thing that really makes sense is that he is focusing on something else. Mm-hmm. They're still on his label, but he's just not as hands-on. But nobody has come out and said that, so I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people on social media say that it must have something to do with finances because, like Hollywood, they're gonna turn their they're gonna turn away from a lot of things. But when it comes to like making money and like getting business done, if if something's going on there, there it's not something they're willing to ignore. Okay, is it harmful or is it honest? Heidi Klum is getting candid about her diet with her followers. So a reporter from the Daily Mail wrote that the, the former Victoria's, Victoria's Secret model says that she doesn't eat more than 900 calories a day. That's what the Daily Mail is reporting. Who is this? 
Heidi Klum. Oh, wow. Okay. But not, that's not, she didn't post that on like her Instagram. Well, the Daily Mail is posting the that. The Daily Mail is posting that. And now Heidi's like, I never said that. But the Daily Mail said that she said that in an August 20th Instagram story. So we can't go back and fact check because it's gone. That's how Instagram stories work. You can't go back and see what they actually said. Um, but she was getting really candid about like, uh, her diet, the things that she eats. She even at one point, point like got on a scale. And let's say it is true. Let's say that the Daily Mail reported it correctly and said that she only eats 900 calories a day. That is astronomically lower than a woman of her height and oh, weight yeah. should be consuming. So I did the math. She's 5'9", 138 pounds, according to her Instagram story. She should be eating about 2,000 calories a day, which would be which 900 calories, you'd be losing like a quarter of a pound a day. There's all sorts of people in L.A. going, I can't believe she's taken down that much calories. <laughs> <laughs> I can't she's believe she's eating all that. 900 calories literally isn't even enough for a toddler. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, the yeah. toddler's needs like a thousand minimum, depending on activity level. And I'm torn on this because I do feel like that can send a damaging message. Like you should be eating 900 calories when that's incredibly unhealthy but at the same time I appreciate that kind of transparency because then people will look at it and they're like okay well being like Heidi Klum and having her body besides genetics is honestly like it takes a lot to get there including not eating and so I think in a way it's dispelling some kind of um, myths almost about around looking at models and being like oh I could be skinny like that if I just ate properly well they're not eating properly. Tommy just whispered in my ear that he just had a 900 calorie honey bun. <laughs> Calm down, <laughs> No more. Well, that's cool because you're not eating the rest of the day, right? I got a great Mr. Snack Man. They uh, put in smaller honey buns. This is as big as my palm. It used to be as big as my hand. These are toddler honey buns. Sorry, you're going through that time. <laughs> the struggle is real, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I've even seen other. <laughs> Why are you trying to shortcut Tommy on his road to diabetes? <laughs> I, just, I, didn't Let that man be I thought we were done. I thought we were done with the conversation, but for more stories, head to the Berkshire. <laughs> Get it? The Bird Show. Seems like a good idea. You know that maybe you don't handle alcohol really well. So you're like, you know what? It's a big weekend. I know people are going to be partying. I won't drink, but I can still party by being California sober. And that will be much better. Now, some may not know what California sober is, Rebecca. So you mm -hmm. want to fill them in and how this whole thing backfired on you? Yes. California sober. So that means no alcohol of any kind, but drugs. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like any kind of drug? No, it's weed. specifically weed. Okay. Yeah, basically you can toke up, but you can't take any shots. At some point or another, this country is going to evolve into a country that, that's legal in every state. Everywhere I go now, I was in Savannah this weekend. <laughs> oh my, I mean... You can't go anywhere without it smelling like weed. It's just a matter of time. You can smell it everywhere. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. You go to L.A. in the airport, it's like they're pumping cannabis smell <laughs> yeah. into the airport. Yeah, so this Bachelorette weekend that I went on, I had mentioned it was kind of a little bit of a nightmare, but now looking back, I think I might have kind of started that domino effect a little bit. But first, before I get into the story, I just want to ask you guys a really quick question. Just like on the top of your head, what's the first city that comes to mind when you think of a city that allows for legal recreational marijuana? Chicago. LA. What a coincidence. That's where I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll go with that. That's where the story okay. takes place. All right. We'll go with that. <laughs> so, yes, I was trying to cut back on drinking and my idea 
be California sober. I thought it was a great idea. I've been a prolific smoker many years ago. So this was going to be kind of my renaissance, as you will. So you used to smoke, you stopped for a while? I was really good at it, yeah. Okay. And then I, I, I stopped for many years. Okay. And <laughs> so, what was the reason for stopping? Honestly, the line between it being really, really fun and it being kind of anxiety inducing mm. was getting really thin. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of cut it, like I cut it out cold turkey and that was fine for me. Quitter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Follow through. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so excited to like, you know, have a good weekend and start up again until I texted the group chat and I let them know that I was going to be partaking and asking if anyone else was interested. Uh, the maid of honor shut that down real quick. She said there will be no smoking within the confines of the Airbnb or in the yard. Mm. Nothing like that. She was very quick to shut it down. So she was concerned more about the Airbnb and like the smoke smell in the Airbnb? Yes. Okay. I think so. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, no, that's if it's booked under her name and she doesn't want like any marks and you're not supposed to smoke in the house, I can, I can respect that. It was totally valid. And then she went to the grocery store. <laughs> so <laughs> I made a new best friend another girl who wanted to partake and we knew that she was going to be gone for quite a long time because we had sent her a really long grocery store list and the grocery store was kind of far away. Well, you think she's going to be gone a long time. In your mind, time stood still. That's true. She's probably gone 10 minutes. You thought it was 10 hours. That is what we thought. (laughs) And we thought we found a great compromise on location because there was sort of like this garage in the back that was like a little dilapidated and we were like, who's going to care if this smells like weed? It's fine. (laughs) So we go down there. We're really excited. But then I realized, because I am again a born again smoker now, (laughs) (laughs) I have forgotten all of the utensils needed to get this into my bloodstream. So basically, I have the weed. I just don't have like the accoutrement. You don't have like rolling papers or... I have nothing. I have nothing. Well, where you bought them in Chicago, I'm really surprised (laughs) that they didn't supply the papers and stuff and just the weed and didn't say anything to you. Never going back to that shop. (laughs) But my luck was that my new bestie was kind of like the MacGyver of marijuana and Uh basically fashioned this mechanism... And it was nothing short of brilliant. Smokers found a way. Very that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You ever yeah. use like cocaine? <laughs> Absolutely. You just poke the holes in the top of the yep. can. Boop, boop. Yeah. Ready to go. Apple. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can use anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what she, I'll, I won't tell you exactly how to make it, but you just need to know that it was half of a sawed off liter of soda <laughs> and a sawed really off. giant pot of water. So we're sitting there. We're indulging. We're having a great time. So she made a water pipe through this whole thing? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. And, and uh, one thing to know is this gets you really, really mm-hmm. high. So I was kind of zooted. And it was the first time in a long time. Oh, yeah. You was up there. Yeah. So I was having a great time. But she ran upstairs to kind of get the second round kind of going. And I'm sitting there with a pot of water, like, between my legs in the garage. <laughs> And the garage lights come on. Oh, God. Uh-oh. And the garage door starts going up. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Did you say it's not what you think? I'm delivering a baby. <laughs> <laughs> My first instinct is to run. <laughs> so I grab the pot of water. And I run into this little makeshift closet that's in the back of the garage. Only problem with that brilliant idea is that I left a trail of water going to where I was hiding. And she definitely saw me anyway. So she comes. She gets out of the car. 
She says nothing. She slowly walks up to the closet, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, what do I do? You're such a dork. <laughs> I jump out of the closet. I'm still holding the pot of water. And I just say, hey. And she screams. She screams bloody murder. I have scared the S out of her. So I start screaming too. And once we both calm down, she just kind of looks at me and she says, what are you doing with that water? She didn't know? No, no, she, she had, had no, no idea. idea. I was what? like, I wanted to clean something. <laughs> Did she buy it? I don't know. We really didn't talk again. <laughs> you was too suited to know if she bought it or not. Yeah, yeah this uh, is the world yeah. telling you that you can't handle that. Go, yeah. back, go back to drinking. <laughs> it, it was fun for a night. It's a Bird Show. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.